Greetings and welcome to another episode. I don't even know the number. I'm 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 lost in the sauce, but the latest episode of From the 40th Parallel with Mystic Mike and Ross Ben. How you doing, Mighty Mike? You good? I I mean, I can't get my mind off of that song that we just listened to. Yeah. Because it, it almost seemed like so I don't know if you've ever found yourself in the position where you've looked at your life and you're like, is this scripted? Is this written by like, you know, what is the hand that wrote this story? It's so perfect. And when I hear that song and I see the picture of the guy who sings, I'm like, who wrote this? Because it it's too perfect. It's it, it, it tickled my day. Thank you for starting this that way, Roz. It's great to see your face. Oh, you as well. Well, yeah, we do want to big up Christopher Kent, who in uh, 2015 must have really been plugged in. Because Tell me about it. Yeah, that's the uh, creator of that song from the 40th Parallel. I did do a little research on him. I saw he did spend time in Philadelphia and New York. So he hey. was on both uh, the southern, the you know, su- southern uh, border and the northern border of the 40th parallel. So I guess he really plugged in in that time, you know? He hits the top and the bottom. And like in a name like like Christopher Kent, because all I think about is Clark Kent and Christopher mm-hmm. Reeves. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, somehow Superman is like <laughs> tied into that one. Well, right. Well, it definitely is a fitting song, man. And I mean- you, I would, if I would have heard that, if you would have played that, like if we were playing like a game where you'd be like, I'm going to play a song and you tell me what decade you thought that song was recorded in. And if you gave me three choices and if the, the 20, the 2010s, you know, was one of the choices, I would have not picked that. I would pick mm. like something like at another time frame because it didn't seem like it was that. Yeah, you're right. You're right. The, the style of it is more like uh, 70s. Yeah, 70s AM. They call that yeah. 70s AM. And it's like, like where did, that's why I'm saying, like, where does this come from? But it's so perfect. Like the lyrics and the way, the way, the, the rhyme structure of some of the lines, it was, it, it definitely was good. Right. Yeah. So salute Kent, uh, Christopher Kent, you know, and, uh, we do honor your copyright. We just use that in what I'm saying, the fair use, you know, research, uh, discussion points, you know, and and our channels are not monetized. You're you're not monetized, are you, Mike? I'm not monetized. Yeah, I'm not. So monetized. How, about, how about this? If, if if Christopher Kent, if if this were to get to him, you know, and and I I hope I'm not speaking out of turn by making this this offer, but if he hears this, we would love to have him on the show because yeah, I would not. That'd be a good I look. Love- yeah, I'd love to like hear his thoughts on the 40th parallel and beyond that what even inspired him to write that song you know because right you're not writing about the 39th or the 45th you're writing about the 40th parallel you you plugged into something that we're obviously inspired by you know certainly certainly we so, got look, show today, don't we? Yeah, we do. Talking about that 40th parallel. So, of course, we've been focused uh, a lot on Philadelphia, a lot on Lancaster County and where the 40th parallel crosses the Susquehanna River. 
uh, coming up this, uh, I don't like weekends, but coming up this strong beginning, April mm-hmm. 23rd and 24th, Mike and I are going to be in Pittsburgh. I'll uh, have the information in the description and I'll probably drop the flyer in somewhere around here so you can get those details because you can come and see us live and direct. But uh, something else we've been... Can, can I speak on the Pittsburgh thing for one moment? Please, please. All right. So so I'm giving a presentation. You're giving a presentation, but the majority of the weekend is 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 being run by by other people. And I think I I have the the least amount in this and I'm coming in. I and and I kind of wait to the last minute to do a lot of my homework. So I'm doing my homework right now. I'm putting together the presentation. But I've been thinking about it. Think about it for a month. And so the way this presentation is coming together and it's going so deep, like seeing exactly from my eyes of like what Pittsburgh is, because I had an idea. I was like, I knew Pittsburgh was something. But now what I'm seeing just from my research, I cannot wait to put my feet on those gra- on the ground and actually hear the stories and understand like all of the other parts which are outside of of what I'm going to be presenting. And I guess what I'm saying is like, as a fan, as, as a curious human being, I cannot wait to hear this, this, this information because I now have a context of how significant it is. And, you know, I just want to throw that out there. I I can't wait to go and see all of the other people who are going to come and take this journey with us. Yeah. 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 And aligned with that, what we uh, have today, because this is something Mike and I, we, we really wanted to happen was to inspire others who may live along the 40th parallel or not, but decode your reality. Mm. Pay attention to your reality. Look at the art, archetype symbols, architect, architecture that creates your reality. Don't take it for granted. Decode it and see what it means. So cities and, and, you know, places along the 40th parallel, they seem very significant in this reality we call America, you know? And so we're going to get to explore Pittsburgh, this strong beginning, but we have some wonderful guests on the, on the session tonight. The Connollys out of Columbus, Ohio. Good brother William and his beautiful Empress. Uh, uh. Alexis. What is it? Alexis. Alexis. Thank you, sister. Excuse me. <laughs> yes, I. And hey, these are some inspired. Uh, what viewers of from the 40th parallel or you know, uh, part of our collective? I don't know. We got to come up with a name. Is it not participants? Participants, right. yes. This yeah. inspired participants who have uh done some what I would say is some great research on another town on the 40th, Columbus, Ohio. Now, last year we did have Hood Mystic on, 
And he gave us a drop on Columbus and the different mounds peppered throughout Ohio. Uh, and I see tonight as kind of a building on that. And I'm excited to uh, hear the fullness of what these inspired participants got to share. And I'm, I'm really thankful too, because I think, I feel like y'all are setting the example of what we want to see other ones do, which is decode their reality, reach out to us and make the time to share, you know? So thank you. Thank you for uh, coming and sharing on the 40th parallel. Yes, I. So, Mike, did you have anything else you wanted to say or otherwise? Man, I you we want can... to say welcome. All right. Well, look, we're going to turn. I think you have share screen capability. I'm going to mute my mic and turn it over to the Connollys. Yes, I. Thank you. The one thing I'll say too is speak up. You hear it slow. That good. <laughs> Yo, that sounds good. That sounds good. Okay. Hey, Mike, I just want to say, bro, I watched a lot of your videos. You got to give us the laugh because that's what I know you're about to go in. That's like rich. <laughs> <laughs> Right, you watch Mike. Wow, I appreciate it. I'm gonna let my wife take over from here. Thank you. Wow. Okay, so hello. Today, um, we titled this presentation "The 40th Parallel Tales from the Loop," and that's kind of a play on words. There was a or is um, a series on Amazon Prime called "Tales from the Loop." And it's based out of Mercer, Ohio. So let me just get some background. Well, she chose the name Tells Me. Uh, the thing is, when we first started this, like a year plus ago, it was just kind of like you were watching the series and you're like, man, this is crazy. Like, if you really look at the rivers, the 40th parallel, I don't even think we knew we lived on the 40th, to be completely honest. Wow. <laughs> we went to the scene, we were on the 40th. I mean, we knew we lived about miles and things like that. Uh, it was just kind of like, we just started looking into the artwork, to the, to the rivers, to the, just everything. A lot of businesses. And, uh, and I, I kind of been watching guys' videos for a while. So I'm just like, hey, I'm going to just put it to the test, uh, you know? Where the 40th marker is, around the area, a lot of areas around that. So we named it Tales from the Loop just because it's a show on Amazon and it just kind of sent us in the loop. You know, it's just like, you see one thing and it's like, where's this going? You know what I mean? You think it's nothing, but it's like, wow, like, this is just sinking down a rabbit hole. You know, it's just like, it just kept happening. I mean, you know, life, yeah, this is not really what we do. So, definitely want to send a video off of when I mean, the uh, presentation off to you guys so you can kind of see what we're working on. All right. Uh, this, uh, 
we named it that after the Amazon show just because it's based out of Ohio. And if the, the guy named it after, what's the thing? Sir. You know, he had books, but he named it after that. And then they, for whatever reason, Amazon shot the video, the, the, the series on the 40th parallel. And it's a town called Mercer, Ohio. <laughs> so we were just like, okay, this this 40th really makes sense. You know what I mean? Like, like I don't know why they would choose Mercer to have this, this show where it's kind of like, you know, alternate realities and just a whole bunch of different timelines and time travel. But it was just like, you know, we chose that because that's what we felt like. You, we see, the, you see the alignment. Let me ask yeah, you, yeah. the fire is uh, Mercer from Columbus. You know what? I couldn't even tell you. I've never heard of it before that show. Uh, it, it, I mean, it's, I, I would say it's, you know, within an hour or something like that. Okay. It's, uh, it's just one of those things I literally never heard of. You know, when I looked it up, and anytime uh, a show I see on TV in Ohio, I just kind of, kind of being here, it just parts of my, you know, Spider Sing Gray on the car. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, so I just I paid attention to, it, you know, and then Mike had did a show where he talked about, uh, I want to say time travel, and it was like the main characters' names are cold. I believe that's what it was. I can't remember. So I, I, the main character in that was cold as well. So we just named it that. So mm. yeah, it's we, just a little play on words, but it does remind you very much of the series. And um, <clears throat> and you know, just a fun little type. But inside, this is based on forty parallel. Sorry. And we just wanted to recognize you guys. You were the inspiration for this for us. You know what I mean? We wouldn't have even started going down this path had we not started watching some of your videos and being inspired. So we just wanted to, you know, give recognition to you guys as well. Give thanks. Thank you. So anyone that's probably watching this probably knows about the parent 40th, but we did decide just to give a little basic information for if you haven't and just basically showing the 40th parallel north is a circle of latitude that is 40 degrees north of the Earth's equestrial plane. It crosses Europe, Mediterranean Sea, Asia, the Pacific Ocean, North America, and the Atlantic Ocean. On the 40th parallel, well, the parallel north uh, passes through the cities of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, and Columbus, Ohio, as well as the northern suburbs of Indianapolis, Indiana, and Boulder, Colorado, and southern suburbs of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. So 40th parallel in Columbus, Ohio. Our 40th parallel, it passes through the main campus of the Ohio State University. Specifically, it cuts directly across the oval green space between University Hall and the William Oxley Thomas Memorial Library. Now, let me, let me say this real quick. So, mind you, we had no clue 
where the 40th market was. We found this out after the fact. So a lot of this stuff you've seen is just kind of like, like you said, rise, certain kind of code to city, whatever you want to call it. Um, I just looked it up. I just, you know, this is when I found out because here in this city, OSG, like it really doesn't get too much bigger than that. You know what I mean? Like that, that's what we pretty much know for. I, OSU, like y'all are Columbus is a college town. Yeah. Exactly. That's the yeah. like what you would you say, uh, Mike, the uh the ball, the ball uh consciousness. That's I, I can't like in Ohio and thinking that I mean every state, every state university system is a symbolic energy of all sorts of things within that state. And then within the different state university systems, there's some states where they're particularly strong, like, you know, of like the California state or the Pennsylvania state. But Ohio, what I've always thought was very interesting is when we think about Ohio's energy as a state relative to the rest of the country and the and the the to me, at least what I think resonates as Ohio, the Ohio State University, like there's a little bit of a disparage. Uh, it's it's out of alignment. Ohio State University is such a powerful energy signature. I feel it's even bigger than the state itself. And so the fact that you're showing us that this is what that the 40th parallel goes through this 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 green right here. And I, I'm dying to ask you, I want to ask you this. What is the orientation of this picture? Where is the east-west line? Which one of those sidewalks corresponds with exactly the 40th parallel? Because you know it's got to be one of them. Right. Well, what what we will say, I don't know if you can see my cursor. Yeah. yeah. This is the William Oxley Thomas Memorial Library. So the 40th parallel marker is over. Okay. No, this is real active. So it's more over in this area. Um, but it's right there. But it's right there. It's well, okay. away from this library. Yeah, we was trying to figure out like, a, what, what is this pattern? You know, we, we really tried to man. You're the one to be tree of life. <laughs> right. Yeah, you really gotta, you gotta be good at what y'all do. So yeah, so you know. we're novice. So <laughs> we haven't got there yet, but we do know um, this this um, library is a good marker. Um, and then go right around this area and over there. We got a picture. Yeah, we'll show more. So this is the 40th parallel marker on OSU's campus, right on the Oval Green space. Wow, what were you just looking at? Right. And I'm telling you, hold up, go back. What are, those, what are those markers around it? What does that say? I, it says... Those aren't even there anymore. So I don't know. This those are like temporary. Oh, that was it's so like it's like warning wow. studs, like you know, yeah. don't buck up on the marker. Yeah, exactly. it's like survey control monument nearby, so yeah. <laughs> they will, uh, you know, come out. I guess if you get too close or jumping on it or you know whatever, I'm not sure. Wow. Um. So this is the top of the stone just showing you the latitude, longitude lines 
elevation above sea level. And what longitude is Columbus? Looks like. <clears throat> yeah. What is it? 83 degrees. 83, okay. So this is a little bit of history. I'm going to go into before the campus started. Okay. Oh, let me. Okay. So, we we got to be ourselves. So listen, <laughs> my wife, when she found this, I was like, damn, Roz, Mike, they know what they're talking <laughs> about, bro. Because, and I'm going to let her talk about it, but you know, Anybody that watched this and they might want to be in their own city. Like, is that if you got the book, um, what's your book? Free your mouth? Yes, exactly, bro. Before y'all, I had that before y'all did this. And I remember just reading that at work one day, like, man, these uh these people they really take these mounds and they harness that, you know what I mean? So I'm gonna let her go ahead. I just want to throw that in. <laughs> so, um, William Billy Neal um, was a businessman that arrived in Columbus in 1818, um, just a few years after Columbus was first formed. <clears throat> I think it might have been 1813, don't call me on that, but I think that's when we were like founded in Florida. Um, in 1827, William Neal purchased. 300 acres north of Columbus, later known as the Neal Plantation. This land would ultimately become the site of the Ohio State University. Mm. So William Neal had a farmhouse, which was located on what is now called the OSU Oval Green Space. So I don't know. What we just looked at with all those crisscrosses, yeah. Yeah. that's the Oval. Okay. Right, and that's the oval? yeah, yeah. It's called the Oval, and that that library. That's where his farm was located. Right, so it says his farmhouse was located on the Oval Green Space, not far from the William Oxton Thomas Library and the 40th Parallel Market. So it was all around that area. Um. Um, and we need to hold on one second. I'm sorry, so I can see a little better. Oh, never mind. I I got it. Okay, so uh, to get to his farm, Neil built a road from downtown, which started at a riverbank on the Scioto River, and led to the entrance of his farmland and house. Okay. So I, I just want to show y'all. Y'all be talking about the rivers and all that. Here's the 40th, the oval right here. You see yeah. the marker? Here's the rivers. This is what she's talking about. So, as far as research is concerned, you know, it's right there. Right. So, basically, down here is where the Scioto um, River bank was. Um, and he made a road all the way two miles, two and a half miles up the street to the oval area right here. And that's where his house was. That's where the opening to like the gates opened for his home, those type of things. Um, and that road is known today as Neal Avenue. Okay. <clears throat> 
So just to the east of William Neal's property or what is today the OSU's campus, Neal built a house in 1856 for his oldest son, Robert, on a ridge just east of North High Street. The house was constructed on top of an Indian mound. Wow. At the time of what did you say? Sorry. I just said, wow. Yeah. Exactly. That's what I said. <laughs> like, wow. At the time of construction, the home stood at one of Columbus's highest points. The home was called Indianola. And today, today that house is still standing. So this is an original picture of the house during that time. Over the years, there has been some um, reconstruction, preservation, those type of things. Right. But that was an earlier photo of the home on the mound. Do you have an updated picture? Just for comparison. I do. Hey. Here we go. Now, that's the same? Yeah. So they've done several renovations to this home. But... It says, so this one, just to kind of give you an update on the house and the area, the Freedom Train that ran through um, campus in the mid-1800s, and there are five markers of the campus showing the route. So the Underground Railroad had several stops in the OSU campus area, and some, not just OSU, but they did have several stops at OSU, but there obviously were other ones along Lowentangy River that went, you know, into other suburbs like Worthington and places like that. But this is one of the markers on OSU's campus. Um, and the last stop of the Freedom Train on OSU's campus was the home of Robert Neal, which is now the home of Kappa Sigma Fraternity today. And so this wow. is what the house looks like today, currently being used um, by a fraternity. So just a little info on that and kind of how yeah so things started this is where it kind of let me sorry sorry <laughs> this is where it kind of started well we were like hold up the whole can uh can i uh, uh, okay yeah, you you feel free so i just want to i just want to add in so i look real quick at the at kappa sigma osu and did you go down this path am i going to take am i going to say something you're about to share with us I'm probably not because we're going on a different route. But so we I just wanted to say that this tidbit. So this house, which you're showing us, which is built, which was the 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 Neil's son's house on top of on top of the known mound. Um, Kappa Sig, if you go and you look at their history, it says very clearly the Kappa Sig OSU branch, not Kappa Sig in general, but Kappa Sig at OSU, this building, it was founded, the, the chapter was founded on March 22nd, so 322, like that important date, uh, and that is the same date which OSU itself was established on March 22nd, like that is the first statement which they say, so particularly if you find like 322 and skull and bones and all of that stuff of significant, um, well then, you know, all right, so I, I, I'll step back. And yeah, I'm right. excited. excited. That's the low. That's the low. That's what I'm talking about. Like you see some shit. We didn't even see that. I'm, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Though. It's just like you find something like that, and it's like, well, damn. Now I got to go this route. But, you know, I appreciate that. So please keep going. I didn't mean to to stop no, your. No, no, we really appreciate those. We want y'all to, because you know. We would consider ourselves like 
expert researchers, but you know, just as people who are interested in this type of stuff. Uh, well, really want whether you people. consider yourself an excellent researcher, you did some excellent research. So just hold firm on that because, you know, yeah, man, this this is great. You know? <laughs> All right, we're going to keep going. Yes. So <clears throat> just uh, to familiarize people with their land grants, but we call them a land grant, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so Ohio State University is a beneficiary of the 1862 Rural Land Grant Act meant to establish colleges that would bring science, technology, agriculture, and the arts to American people. The act gave the property to the state governments taken from Native American tribes, typically by brute force or lopsided treaties. Mm. So just, you know, information on that, that's how... I I know y'all talked about that on one. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah, that's that's what this. So is they are too. a beneficiary. Of that. This is a pattern you find. Yeah, it. it's yes. a pattern. State, yes. A modus operandi. So just we threw this in here for interesting timelines. Um, William Mills farmhouse burns down in eighteen sixty-two. The Ohio State University is a beneficiary of the eighteen sixty-two Rural Land Grant Act. William donated the land to the state in 1870, shortly before his death. And OSU broke ground on the campus in 1870. And then OSU opened its doors in 1873. So just giving you a general idea of how things transpired with people that were. And William wasn't the only person that had land that was donated to Ohio State. And he did have a large portion that... um, yeah, it's huge. It's like its own city. Like when you say that, Mike, about I guess you would call it the brand or whatever. I mean, it's like its own city within the city. Like it's hard to really explain. I, I've talked to people that never been, and you know, they're like, I had no clue because you know, some people not really into college sports or whatever. The, you know, but when you get here, you like really get to see, like, okay. If you come here and you wear Penn State, it's going to be a problem. You come here and you work. <laughs> I mean, it's just the way it is. It's that ball, you know, like you talk about. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, man, it's it's a, it's cult-like, you know what I mean? Wow. Like, it's really cult-like. And I've been, like, in Arizona and places, Wisconsin. It's crazy how that stuff just travels with you. All you got to do, like, people that, I heard you say this, Mike, where people don't really, they might not even speak to you, but they see that symbolism or whatever, and it's just like, hey, what's up, OH? You know, that's what we got over in Tyo. So I just want to throw that in there. That's real. That ball, that ball consciousness stuff, like, that's a real thing, man. Well, I mean, if if you think about this, so normally, if you go to any, like, uh, population center, there's pop like a city, like a, or a town or what have you. There are competing forces within that town for everyone's attention, whether it's like, hey, I'm a Phillies fan, I'm an Eagles fan, I'm a this fan. But when you are in a when you are in a place where there is not many choices, there aren't a lot of teams to root for. And then the one team to root for is really, really big. Like if you think about the influence of of OSU in the city of Columbus, 
and like you, of course you're going to go. And it's this high concentration coupled with the fact that the, I mean, I find this, this, I find this interesting, these dates, like, you know, the 1862, to the 1862, the donates the land in 1870. And then immediately you start breaking ground on building the campus. And then you open the doors in 73. Well, first of all, I would think the doors would open before you would start building because you wouldn't, you'd need to justify, but regardless, like this is, this is evidence of like a, a of a larger strategy and action, as you said before, the modus operandi for for like how the land grabs take place, but then what the land grabs are to be done with. And so it's I find that interesting, but then also the 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 blatant um, connection between dates and the mounds and the power of OSU is 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 interesting to observe. Like y'all say, I heard y'all say there's no coincidence. Right. You know what I mean? I've heard y'all say that before. I don't believe in coincidence. So, you know, it's just kind of, it's like you just really get to see the plan in action. You know what I mean? All right. So now we're going to talk about um, two rivers that are very close to Ocean's campus. are basically one, two of our biggest rivers in Columbus. Um, we have creeks and stuff that are pretty large, but these two are most popular. Um, so this Ohio State campus is partly bordered by two rivers, the Olentangy River and the Scioto River. Um, the Olentangy River once flowed right through campus in an area now occupied by the Ohio Stadium or the Horseshoe where we play our football game. Um, they rerouted the river during the early days of OSU construction due to repeated flooding. Um, it has been documented that the land surrounding these two rivers were occupied by various Indian tribes and cultures. Various Indian mounds have been reported along these riverbanks before the European settlers began to invade these areas. So this picture I found, this is the Scioto River. And if you were to go downtown right now, these smokestacks right here is where our Columbus Crew Stadium is. Um, that is uh, our professional soccer team. Mm. Um, but this area, I can get my cursor act right. Um, over here is where the mounds were supposed to be, you know, along the Scioto River. Um, so just a little tidbit. There. Yeah, and hold on. And I, I wanted to say this too, because I wanted to ask y'all's opinion about this. So the stadium itself just being called the horseshoe. When I looked into that, you know, it was kind of like the horseshoe. I guess it was like a deal with the devil or something like that. Look, and that's why it was so popular back in the day. So I don't know if y'all got anything to say on that, but I did want to ask you guys, you know, what's your thoughts were on that? Because uh, that's the nickname of the OSU State. Well, that guy, you know, that guy, uh, Jared Booster, he has a, a YouTube channel. We, uh, talked about this this uh thing he this pattern he observed looking at old like the old images of the cities you know like he'll call it like old world boston or old world baltimore like go and find the oldest images and one of the patterns he observed was that each city would seem to have 
on a male, a Roman-esque type stadium that had, you know, a horseshoe shape and these two columns, uh, you know, at the entrance, uh, like two towers that, you know, people would come in and out of. Does this, uh, it's got that. Yes. Yeah, it's changed in time. It's changed. The original construction was just like a horseshoe. And they, and they said that they made it based on like the Coliseum or, yeah. you know, something right. along those lines. But over the years, they have renovated it and they've kind of put additional seating where the horseshoe opening was. But it is still called the shoe, the horseshoe. And that was the original, um, you know, it's on the forty too, and it's on the forty, yeah. <laughs> right? On top of that, and the river used to flow right there, but they built dams and dikes to push it back and keep it from flooding. And you know, that's that's the uh, water manipulation like that is associated with ball as Hercules. You know, one of the feats of Hercules was to. You know, one of his challenges was he had to clean up a stable of of horse crap, right? And the way he did it, he had to do it in a day also. And it was like, you know, a mound of, of it, you know, an enormous amount. So the way he did it was he rerouted a river to run through the stable. And it just cleaned everything out, right? Wow. So water manipulation, water works, all of these things are, as far as the language of the muses and architectural structures, these are like monuments to ball, works of ball, you know? Like, uh, the Philadelphia Museum of Art. When you go there, it's like the Philadelphia Museum of Art, you know, on top of the indigenous mound and all of that. But right there next to it is the Philadelphia Waterworks, which is quote unquote, uh, you know, the first waterworks of the Americas or, you know, colonial reality. But again, this is, undercover ball Herculean worship. So to move the river to then put the stadium there, that that really, you know, that's that's what ballers do, you know? <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I'm gonna keep what going. was that? Oh, what you, you say? You said that there was, William, you said that there was a, a story about a deal with the devil. Did I hear that correctly? So when I was looking up what the meaning of horseshoe, like I, I'm wondering why would you call it the horseshoe? It's, you know, I know it's like just because of horse and buggy. So I'm just like, the story was basically um, the guy, and I, I don't quote me, but basically the, the God made, the horseshoes is always considered good luck. I guess, um, and people used to hang them over their like doors or something like that. Right. And uh, what it was was um, he made a deal with the devil um, because uh, I guess the, the devil had hooves and whoever the class made from whoever put the horseshoe 
Now this is from Google. So that's what I found. But I didn't I didn't put that in there. That's why I kind of wanted to know what you were. I haven't heard that before, but that's yeah. That's good. But I know. Arms and you know, stuff like that, and I always wonder why they put them right above the door. And apparently, it was for good luck, right? There is a lot of different lore associated with horseshoes, and I know it is also like considered the Omega symbol, you know, yes, uh, which is the uh feminine uh pole of an ump. If you make the towel. And then Omega, you get like, you know, put the Omega on top of the towel, you get an um. Yes, I. All right, so we'll go, we'll continue. Um, so the Olentangy River and the Scioto River join together as one body of water in downtown Columbus. And then this river eventually connects to the Ohio River. Uh. Um, so just to give you an uh, my cursor here, <clears throat> right here is the Olentangy, and it connects in this area. This is called Florence Park. There's like um, uh, a building there, you know, like a restaurant, party house, that type of thing. Um, and then, oh, it's not far. Um, but so here is the Scioto River, and then they meet down here in this area, and then Doris. Another important caveat, just to tie it all together, if you see this little area right here that says North Bank Park, yes, this is exactly where William Mills started his driveway. Remember earlier yeah. we said he started it at the banks of a, of a river on the Scioto. That is where it started. And then went the all the way up to Neil Avenue. It wasn't just a random point. It was at the confluence. Right. It was at this junction where the two rivers meet. Right. Join in one. So just a little extra. Um, just wanted to share that with the rivers because we know that a lot of early settlers and things like that built their, you know, mounds and their communities and all of those things along these rivers. And so there's just been a lot of documentation. And that picture that I showed you um, before, this is right around that area. So these smokestacks and this little area, like if you could imagine where they're showing this little mound, this tree area, would kind of be where Coast Park is, just to kind of give you an idea of the importance of the area. To early settlers. Mm -hmm. All right. Um, so now we're going to go back to the parallel markers um, on OSU's campus. So on the side of the stone, um, it talks, the, the marker mentions two members of the first faculty who originally set the stone. Um, I don't know if you can see what all the stone says, but the two members that originally said it, they, they mentioned them significantly, I mean, mentioned them on the stone, on the stone which is W, I mean, R.W. Farland, McFarland, and T.C. Mendenhall. So, you know, this is kind of where me personally, it took another level with the research y'all put out there as far as just looking into this stuff. Uh, and we got some slides on this, so we're looking at 
So I'm gonna let Eric talk. I, I found I, I found you better present presented. <laughs> okay. Well, um, just who is R.W. McFarland? We start looking into like, hey, who is this? We just did a, a brief family history, but he's of Scottish descent. Ancestors moved from Scotland to Ireland in 1600s. Next, they relocated to Pennsylvania and then Virginia, and finally landed in Ohio in the early 1800s. Um, R.W. McFarland was born in Ohio. R.W. McFarland was referred to as a self-taught, self-taught and formally taught critical scholar. Huh. Um, McFarland was a professor of mathematics and astronomy, and he was also a writer of noteworthy ability. So this is where it kind of blew my mind because I'm thinking like, all right, they're not just going to have anybody set in stone and become the initial, you know, staff of this huge organization. Right. You know? So when I looked in that he did the whole astronomy thing, and I know this is y'all, what y'all good at, you know what I'm saying? So like, he went back and he could read this. I'm going to let her read this, but. He, he basically just tracked the stars for thousands of years, you know what I mean? And I'm just like, damn, I can't wow. believe, you know what I mean? I, it just blew my mind because I'm telling you, it's not like they're making some known thing. It's just like this little stone there. You have no clue. You know, it's even there. You got to you gotta go, where Waldo, where's Waldo, you know, hunt, but he can find the thing. So I'm, I'm going to let her read this. I'm going to go to the <laughs> Um, so his most laborious work, what, like William mentioned, was um, his computation of the eccentricity of the Earth's orbit and the longitude of its perihelion, two very important elements of the Earth's annual path around the sun. Wow. He gave several hours a day and weeks for several years calculating this and just studying it. Um, and so... I'm gonna bring this up because our, our thing is kind of blocking me. <clears throat> so what what I found was like he did some stuff with NASA where they took his work, you know, and he, he did some other works, but you know, it, it was just like it wasn't a lot online, but it was crazy how they had him you know, kind of track that stuff. But I, I believe he was a surveyor. Like I, I feel like he he definitely was. Yeah, exactly. You know I mean? yeah, you're saying this is the man who is responsible for placing that marker. Yeah, right. It's two of them. No, like, no. He's yeah. one. Um, and he, but you know, so it just basically says that he wrote, um, you know, several historical, um, and scientific and semi-scientific articles about this stuff, and additional items as well, like um, just essays for special occasions. You know, uh, about if I could interject, I bet uh -huh. you what they call semi scientific. I bet you that's some real mystic stuff right there. Yeah, that's yeah. what it is. That's what yeah. it is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and these articles down here, they really get into he, I, when I think I was looking at him, he wasn't liked because these uh, Ludlow lines, ancient earthworks. Yeah, and things like that. He was explaining things that were happening in lands that maybe were once inhabited and being taken. And people, and he worked as professors in certain areas, and they were like, um, you can't work here no more. <laughs> like, so 
just something, but that's who he was and the type of things that he was doing um, and his in his time and his name is all in the market. Yeah, we tried. Wow. I'll be honest. I didn't know if y'all would find some additional stuff, but it was kind of like, yeah, we tried to bring up Well, stuff. you know, this, like, uh, let's plan to build on this and maybe come right. back again in a couple of months, you know? Yeah. Yeah, so don't feel no way. Okay. <laughs> um, so now I just want to say these are screenshots I took from uh, I it was like some Harvard website. Um, I can't remember off the top of my head, but basically these are stuff we had wrote. And I just screenshot it. It was about so you did it. Okay. And he well, was calculating cycles of four point five million billion years or something. Yes. Dang. Four million years for um, some of his work, you know, uh, climate and cosmology. You know, he's doing a lot of uh, interesting stuff. Let's say four hundred eighty-five epochs. So I don't, I don't know how much that. And that is interesting that he felt like something he was inspired to do is put that stone. In the earth there. That is very significant. Yes. That's how I feel. All right. So uh, the other person that was mentioned on the stone is T.C. Mendenhall. Um, and this is just from Wikipedia, just showing some of this stuff what he's known for. But, you know, um, gravity physics, you know, author um, profiling, which when I look that up, it's just trying to... Um, what do you call it? Identify almost like demographics, like you're trying to say what your gender is, or you know, what different titles are for. You know, uh, based off works you write. Right. Um, so meteorology, yeah. things like that. So that's kind of what his works or fields were in. What what was his connection to Japan? Yeah, so this is, if you go to his Wikipedia, Mike, you can just see, this. we just pulled this from his Wikipedia. So he basically got some, what is, what is a war? Uh, order of the Sacred Treasure, Japan. He got the Franklin Medal, um, uh, elected a member of American, what is that? I can barely see. The reason I ask is there seems to be a missing piece of information. I'm, um, because particularly when I was listing like his influences and we see all these awards, but I don't quite understand what he has done to, to be deserving of such. He was the superintendent of the geodetic survey society. Right. That's what I think it was for. Right. So he, yeah. probably, he probably really cracked certain codes that let them complete the geodetic survey of, of the continent. You know, that, so that's what I also get at. was very. He was also an advocate for adopting the metric system here huh. um, in the United oh, States. Oh, the order is what they he made the order which made them use the metric system we use today. Interesting. I, I personally think, and you know, this is kind of where y'all can jump in. Uh, this gravimeter, you see down here, and then the, the gravimeter, um, and basically it's just like is accurate relative measurements of the gravitational field of the earth. To me, I'm like, you got an astronomer and then you got a guy who's 
tracking the energy of the earth. I mean, that's just what I took from it. I don't know if that's, you know, how you guys would feel, but right. when I seen that, I'm like, well, you got these two guys on the stone, and one is tracking the ley lines, in my opinion. One is tracking the stars, you know what I mean? So, huh. wow. That's just so these two lines came together to put that marker there. Yes. Or it was put together. I don't know. <laughs> and uh, were are there any other names mentioned or is just these two? Just those two. Wow. That is, is this, amazing. Is the stone they laid the same stone you showed us, which had the, the plaque on the top? Or is that a different stone? I don't know. But we got more to get into. But okay, okay. sure, I, yeah. I don't know. It, it could be a different stone. One thing I do know is that it that's not the original location. So, and we got something to say about that too. But it was moved over the years, and then that is where it's been now because they felt it was more accurately placed in this spot. So maybe the stone at that time, the look of the stone may have changed when they moved the stone. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, you know how Google is. It's hard. It's hard to find this stuff. All right, so we're gonna go back. 40th parallel marker. So listen. So so this is the Thompson. Yeah, this is Thompson Library. So that's stone. This is Neil. This is Neil. Yeah. You see my mom's guy? Yeah. Right, right here. So this is Neil. This is where the farm was. Oh, this library. Um, stone is kind of like this right over here somewhere. Like, it would be like a Google Maps or something. It's just like sitting right here. But I believe it was like over here, really, originally, um, before they moved. Uh, then it, there's some stuff right under here, under these trees, where I, I know we had some, maybe sent some pictures in the first time. Uh, but I think we included them. That's interesting. Yeah, but it's like some stuff right here. When you're like, bro, what is this? You would never know unless you go down here and really see it. You know, I was like, at this point, I need somebody to help help me to figure it out. You know, I, I don't know what's going on. Yeah, so we're just saying that this marker is just steps away from this library. Um, so the William Oxen Simons Library is the main library at the Ohio State University Columbus campus. It's the university's largest library, and it houses its main stacks, special collections, and rare books and manuscripts. So I'm just going to jump in right here. So this is what, when I, I never knew about this library. I mean, I was, you know, we've been out and seen it. But what threw me off is, uh, I was talking to someone one time, there's like a vault in this library, behind like four doors. I think you might have Yeah. It's, but they had spells like all types of old Bibles that people donate to this. I mean, we'll go into that, but it was just like, well, damn, this is the real 40th where the vault is. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, if you got, because I was on Twitter one day and the thing came up, all the feeds come up and it was like, hey, we got uh, a book of spells from, you know, hundreds of years ago. I'm just like, okay, so this was the magic right there. But I told myself I would never go there to somebody who helped me understand it was with me. You know what I mean? I'm like, I don't want to be like Indiana Jones and looking at the wrong uh, flask. 
right, right, right. You know what I mean? Like, no, this this cup over here. Yeah, so this is the inside of Thompson's library, and inside this library is where the rare books and manuscript library is located. And that special area is what William was just talking about, which is behind what is in a vault behind four locked doors and a security key bag. So you can't just walk up in there. I mean, you can you can go. But you can go to the main park a lot. But, you know, there's a lot of these on plants or something, or, you know, some you just can't go anytime to this particular place. So, you know, they preserve and provide access to literary and historical published works. They have, you know, medieval and renaissance manuscripts, contemporary novels, games, those type of things. So there's a lot of different uh, books, materials, recordings, things like that. Then here are some pictures, just some examples of some of the stuff that they had. So um, this over here is like a Bible from France, these two pictures. Um, this is the outside. This is what the inside would look like. Um, this book down here is a handwritten confession guide um, that talks about every possible sin known to humankind. Wow. And then what? Right. Exactly. <laughs> That's what we like. They said <laughs> they said like priests used it to familiarize themselves or something. And during that time of what people were doing, I don't know. Yeah. But um, and then obviously you got HP Lovecrafts, three tales, of horror. So these are just the type of random artifacts or books that are in this library. The vault. In the vault. Yeah. Not far from the 40th. I mean, to me, that's where the forty is. I think that's where they put that there first. That's just my personal thing. I don't know. Right. You're saying, like, you think that uh, where the where these vaults are is, like, where the 40th actually is. Yeah, that's and what I think. The marker was shifted to right. just be in the area. Wow. <laughs> well, you know, you can also... Uh, you know, you could download uh, that app that tells you your latitude and longitude and, and walk around the campus and, and see what you get. All right. So um, our next interesting information. So part of the loop in this 40th parallel is when you're researching, run into different people. Yeah. So this is why we do this in here, right? I, I'm going to show both of you guys know about this, right? Admiral Bird, yes. So, that, what I started feeling like both of it's like, I don't know if this is just where you come to make up all shit to get the people to fall in line. I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't really know, but you know, he's part of this too, so it was just like another part of the movie. So I'm going to talk. I just want to go down. Well, he's an American naval officer and explorer. And Bird claims that his expeditions have been the first to reach both North Pole and the South Pole by air. Um, Bird led many expeditions, including Operation Deep Freeze. Um, and Operation Deep Freeze is when the United States collaborated with other countries. And um, they wanted to, to visit the least explored area on Earth, which is the South Pole. And wanted to get and wanted to get knowledge on Antarctica. 
Um, so and I just threw their little logo in there because that's interesting. Um, so I'm gonna like what happened was when I was looking into that library, his wife donated all his like journals. Well, some of that one. And then some for this one as well. Right. So she basically has she donated like interviews they had for that operation Be Freeze, um personal journals he had wrote. And then now I don't know how y'all feel about climate change. I, I know that's maybe not y'all's focus, but just the fact that he has like a climate research center we put the coordinates down there too just so you can see it's like right on campus so it's just okay. like another thing like what's going on bro like yeah 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 that's thing. significant yeah right. you know what i mean so his research center is at the ohio state university established in 1960 as institute of polar studies and this is the oldest research center at the ohio state university right. put the coordinates on here um, and like um, that some of his works are in that Thompson Library and some are in this research center. Yeah, so if anybody wants to look, look this up, you can just go on. It's just like, oh, it's library. You can play recordings, interviews of people that went down there during this time. I mean, it's like hundreds of pictures. So it, this is nothing you can't go see. Yeah, and this was just talking about that basically that you know his works were donated to these areas. Um, now I did want to ask y'all. Is he? Uh, let me ask you: Is he native to Ohio? I don't think so. I don't think so. Right. Well, may have. What's the, link to, what's the link? I have the same question. I I don't know. <laughs> he may be, and I, that may be something I need to you know, follow up with, or you know, we can follow up with. And it might just be uh, that it's the 40th parallel. And, uh, yeah, you know, I, I don't know. It was just one of those things we ran into. It was just like, no, I'm not. where in the world would this, why would this be? You know what I mean? Right. Like, what would you send this here for? I, nobody talks about anything like that. It's not like it's a own thing. You know what I mean? So. Yeah, he was born in Virginia and, uh, and passed in Massachusetts. Interesting. So yeah, I'm sorry, I don't know what the connection is, but um, it's there. It's there. He's he's on the campus. Um, so we're gonna go into a little uh, another loop. Another loop. So out of the 40th parallel, the parallel goes directly through the John Glenn Columbus International Airport. Mm. Um, so who was John Glenn? He was a NASA astronaut uh, following his retirement. He served from 1974 to 1999 as a Democratic United States Senator from Ohio. Um, fun fact about him, he flew in space again at age 77. So he was, a, you know, like you said, the alpha. He was the youngest. I mean, he was the first and he was the oldest. You know, I don't know if you know too much about him. But... Well, what it says Who's was, the first? Okay. We'll, we'll go into it. He was... Glenn was chosen as one of the seven astronauts known as the Mercury Seven, who were trained to become the first people to orbit around the Earth. So Glenn was the third American in space and the first American to orbit the Earth in 
Wow. Now, hold on. So this symbol right for the Mercury 7. Ah, all right. This, this is what we need y'all to kind of break that down. So I don't know what I'm looking at. I'm assuming what I'm looking at, but you know, I don't I would like y'all's input on what you think that is right there. Well, I mean, you could see uh the foundation of it is the symbol of mercury with just like a seven in the womb but the way it's elongated and the proportions of it it takes on the character more like a sigil you know uh what's your thoughts mike i agree with you like you can see very clearly the 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 traditional mercury mercurial symbol with the seven in it, but how it's stretched, it feels very different. Um, it's uh, um, at the very least, the intentionalism behind it is evident. What exactly the intention is, I'm not certain, but but the way the seven fits in there so so perfectly and the seven classical uh, heavenly bodies and there's, there's the the Admiral Byrd and now John Glenn are both tied into this in Columbus and all that Columbus. Like, the, the, the symbols are great. Like Columbus, we don't think of as a big city with a right. big reef. But right. John Glenn is. Why is this John Glenn? Admiral Byrd is. Why is he right there? Like it's you're you're really bringing up some some fascinating observations, and then this symbol tied in with it. Let me add. Let me add this too. So right by that top Thompson Library and where the OSU Stadium kind of is called John Glenn Avenue, right? Like you know, yeah. So I, if we would go back to a picture, like he has a street. Name John Glenn right over there by the Towson Library next to the Oval. So it's like, oh, he may be from Columbus. I mean, he's a, he was from Ohio. From Ohio, he's definitely from Ohio. But but still, like the the Glenn and the Bird, like that's uh, right. the and the, there's some the sim, archetypically symbolically they're they're very strong. So this, the Mercury 7 was part of um, Project Mercury, which was the U.S. first program to send people into space, and they were doing this to compete with the Soviet Union for the space race. So that's what this is over here. That's um, Project Mercury's symbol right. and what they were trying to do at that time. We were just wondering, like, well, what are some meanings of Mercury? Like, why are we naming Mercury 7 and Project Mercury? You know, what is, what's up with Mercury? And um, just some stuff we found is in astrology, Mercury is the messenger and a myth associated with power of words as spellcasters. In Greek myths, Mercury was Hermes and the winged messenger god. And in Roman times, he was portrayed as the god of financial gain, commerce, eloquence, messages, communication, travelers, boundaries, luck, and trickery and thieves. Mm. See, that's what I feel like. It's all trickery. Like, that's just my personal opinion. I, I, Can we I, go back to the symbol real quick? Yes. One thing I was noticing, uh, like, 
let's say you look at the um the just like the body and arms right not so much the head that does look like an uh, upside down cross or an inverted cross like very much does the way the proportion of it that's what i was saying it it I, I knew there was something odd with the proportion, but I couldn't articulate it till just uh, before y'all moved it. But it looks like the cross is upside down. That's what I thought. And uh, that might, like when you say, well, what intention are they rolling with with this thing, you know? Yeah. All right. <laughs> so here we go. Um, Les Wexner is another name that, you know, obviously came up when we're researching, you know, famous people or landmarks and things like that in the Columbus area. So, so, uh, so we can explain. We got the Epstein. Wexner Medical Center, right, is literally walking distance from a 40. Parallel, right? Uh, That's the university hospital. It used to be called Ohio State University Hospital. Yeah, but he donated so much money. It's now Wexner Medical Center. Right. <laughs> he got his start. We'll, we'll go for we'll She can take over from there, just so people know. So, um, for those that aren't as familiar with Les Wexner, he is an American millionaire businessman, the founder and chairman of. L Brands, formerly Limited Brands. Uh, Wexner grew a business empire after starting the Limited, a clothing retailer with a restricted selection of profitable items, and later expanded his holdings to include Victoria's Secret, Abercrombie & Fitch, Express, Bath & Body Works. Mm. Um, Wexner opened his first store on August 10, 1963, in the Kingsdale Shopping Center in Upper Arlington, Ohio, which is a suburb of Columbus, not too far from the 40 parallel. Yeah. So just as an additional tidbit, um, Wexner announced in 2020 that he was transitioning from CEO um, to a new role. This obviously was happening because Wexner had a very close relationship with Jeffrey Epstein that began in the 1980s and continued until Epstein's death. So, I don't know if she put this in there, but when I was looking it up, like, Wexner was Epstein's only client that I know, like, I guess on paper or whatever. So, he was his financial advisor. I don't know if you guys seen me, you know, I'm sure you guys know about this, you know what I mean? I was so mad. But the stuff he had where they had the house out, you know, his house and Netflix documentary and all that stuff. So the thing is, his first business, when he started all this, was like right there off the 40, close to OSU. Like, I mean, this is all like right there. You know, we got a map we can bring it up. I don't know. Well, I'll show you this at least. Um, we made this thing. So Kingsdale Shopping Center is where he started his first limited brand. You look at the coordinates of where this is located in Upper Arlington, which is not very far from um, OSU's campus at all. Um, from the coordinates. 
Right. Then right on the oval, so the green space that we showed you earlier, um, so Thompson's Library is at one end. On the other end, we have the Wexner Center for Arts, and it is on the 40th. It is, it is an art center named after Les Wexner. And then the Ohio State University Medical Center, um, or Wexner Medical Center, not quite on the 40th, but close enough. It's, you know, on the it's 30th. Uh, but very close to where um, where the 40th parallel marker is. Right on um, the cuts. Right. Right. Like, you could probably see it in this picture, to be honest. Like, it's probably, like, right. That Thompson Library is probably, like, right. Yeah. But so we just threw that in there because he's another very uh, influential, power, um, you know, uh, powerful person, a businessman name is extremely recognizable and he um was born in ohio and uh it seemed like he had a vested interest in for yeah in the areas around um the campus interesting so lastly we just these we're not going to go into very much detail with these things but interesting people groups and landmarks we found along the way of just looking into stuff with um the 40th parallel marker so we'll start with um, John Herrick and um, basically he, um, what he did, he designed the oval and other campus areas. Um, and he also made detailed blueprints of buildings and maps and areas of, and like, and also documented like when they were purchased, who they were purchased by. For several years um, of multiple buildings, basically all the buildings from a farmhouse to, you know, a math, you know, the, the mathematic building, you know, or whatever building they're using stuff for, you know. Um, so I just thought that was interesting, like the, the, the amount of time that you would be putting into that and also the fact that he um, was um, instrumental in designing the campus, designing the oval, um, something's yeah. there. And I, one thing we didn't add in this that I wanted to add, but, you know, it's just like, I couldn't figure out. So he has a street that crosses over the river. And it, uh, what is it, the old table? It's the old table. And there's this artwork that's just like right there. And it, it really doesn't make sense. Like, it's called a, like a nymph or something like that, where it's just talking about this mythical creature, you know. And then we was looking up the river, and they said the deepest point of the river is right there in that area. So I don't know what that means, you know. If anybody wants to Google this or just try to Google, um, I, I don't really know if that has any significance or anything like that. But we throw them in there just because the bridge that crosses over that river has this artwork. It's like right there. It's just one of those pieces where you're like, and what the hell is this? You know, like it makes no, you know, like why would you put this here? Right. Um, you know what? What it? You know what's the significance of it? And it's like a, a mythological mystery embedded in it because it's exactly not, right, not easy right. to decode. So the next um, interesting group that we um, ran into was the Ohio State Atlas Group. Um, basically. They made uh, arts for CERN. Arts for CERN, yeah. Wow. <laughs> so, 
Like, like it look, I, I want to say they're right on Don Glenn, you know, the his street. And it's like right there over there by the, the, the uh, marker. You know, that's just another thing just kind of found. I'm just like, who would know? Right. Um, so then this area, Sphinx Plaza, is also right by the Parallel Marvel on the Oval. I don't know why this, you know, like obviously it's been donated. It's a, it's a, it's a something that the alumni have put there and they, they use this area for maybe like certain memorable times and like a graduation from something or, you know, it's like a, I don't want to say it's like a fraternity, like an organization or a, a group that you can be a part of or something. But this area is on the oval, um, right, by the right by the marker and the Thompson Library. And you only can see it if you're truly looking for it um, or know what you're looking for. But this is like the, the plaques that are on it. Okay, yeah. So just a little bench, a little plaque. But, you know, why is it there or why did they choose this spot? So another interesting thing that we found out, this isn't on OSU's campus, but... So the last guy, the um, mystic, I believe, yeah. he was talking about Mile Street. So Mile Street is like right over here, right? And I'll let her talk, but there's some mounds behind, you know, like you look in the other direction from the freeway. They got these megaliths, or is that what they're called? Monoliths that are set up, and it's in the weirdest place. Like you would never expect it, but there's mounds over there, so I don't know. We think they're mounds. They have not been labeled as such, but if you look at them and knowing the area and knowing that there was a gigantic mound on Mound Street, which is why Mound Street had its name, um, it just it's your wheels turning, you know? So this, even though this is not on OSU's campus, we put it in there because the Ohio State University landscape architecture students designed the work. Um, and for some reason, they wanted to put this at this site and um, so that it's affiliated with Ohio State. And then the last thing um, that we just found that was interesting, this is not on OSU's campus, it's in Newark, which is maybe like, I don't know, 40 minutes out in Serpent. No, not Serpent. But it's, this is the Newark Earthworks. Um, it consists of three sections of preserved earthworks, the Great Circle Earthworks, the, the Octagon, and then Wright Earthworks. So right now, what we're looking at is only about 10% of the Earthworks are still preserved that were in this area. Obviously, they've been, you know, removed um, due to people settling into the area. But this particular area, they have preserved, and it's like a museum and a place that you can visit, a complex you can visit. Um, it was Lewis Earthworks is the site of the largest surviving Hopewell earthwork complex in North America. What's interesting about this is when we're just kind of looking at stuff. The Ohio State University has an interdisciplinary academic center on these grounds that develops projects and research about American Indian culture. So once again, they just kind of ingrained themselves in another wow. uh, mound area. <laughs> right. 
Um, and they do have an Ohio State University Newark campus, um, which is, I would imagine, probably isn't too far from this, but we didn't go into much detail with that. So just bringing it all back together. Yeah, I mean, this is just more like kind of what y'all guys have been talking about the whole time. You know, I, I feel like we found out on so many other people that look in their cities and find that. I mean, when you start looking in, uh, like I'll give you an example why we call it the Tales from the Wilderness. Like I remember, Mike, you had did a thing where you were talking about how Facebook, the guy who started the code for Facebook, he was trying to sue them because they are uh, out in Polaris. That's like a suburb of Flaming. Right, uh, right. You know, and I was thinking about that and I was just like, well, now you got that movie I, I seen with the whole metaverse thing. You know what I mean? Right. Ready, plenty. Ready. Right. And now metaverse, you know, it's kind of like, so I don't know if that has anything to do with it, but I know Facebook. Leader is technology. Leaders right. technology. That's the guy who sued and said that he wrote the original code, which Facebook was was stolen by Harvard and then credited to Mark Zuckerberg, which the CIA created Facebook. That's this guy's story, and he's right there in Columbus. Mm. Right. right. So, you know, we just saying that obviously our 40th parallel marker is on Olish's campus, and we believe that the campus is built near on or around ancient Indian mound burial grounds. Um, we feel like he's these initial or early settlers that were on this land were mound building sites, um, similar to our state capitol building, which um, Hood Listed mentioned that on his um, presentation last year, where it's just said, like, they used materials from excavated mounds and put them in our state capitol building, you know, and I'm pretty sure that's not the only building that they've done that with. Uh, in surrounding areas. Um, and we personally just feel that these, this area um, and hospitals and companies and schools and stadiums are built in this area to harness the energy from the ley lines of lead. And, and that's it. Wow. Work in progress. <laughs> Wow. All I could say is thank you. You know, <laughs> I'm inspired. I'm ready to come out there and see it myself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Without a doubt, like the, these, pre these practices of, of decoding areas, um, like on one hand, like it's, it's like, there's this interesting element, like, Oh, wow, that's novel. That's interesting. I love to hear these stories, but then there's this like, it begins, you begin to have a true appreciation of what's, what was there. And you have a sense of place and space, which we've never had before. So you and, and, and the earlier work, which we saw from hood mystic, like, thank you so much for introducing us to what Columbus, Ohio, what, what's hiding beneath the, beneath the camouflage, if you will. Not even really hiding. It's, it's there, you know, yeah. and, 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 you know, so. Thank you for paying attention. Thank you for paying attention and spending yeah. your time. It's been a journey. <laughs> so let me ask you this. Do you have, what, has your 
feeling or appreciation or, you know, has that changed with, with your relationship with the land of which we're calling Columbus, like during this process for you? So I'll say this, and I've told my husband this before, but where we live, I've grown up around this area, which is, you know, just a couple of miles away from Orange's Temple. And I always felt drawn to the area, you know, like there's just some sort of, and I don't know if that's just because I grew up here, you know, but it's just like a, I don't know, like a feeling sometimes. I don't know how to describe it. A vibe and, to me. Yes. And so when, Looking into the surrounding areas, it makes me feel like the area is super important. And maybe that's why I am feeling those vibes. You know? Right, right. Uh, so let me say this. The one video, I, I forget the name, but I've seen um, you were kind of walking through a park light and you were talking about the matrix. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know which one you talk about. Yeah, so that one, if nobody's seen that, check that out. That hit me pretty hard. And I, when I was just kind of, when I started breaking that stuff down, I just felt like I'm, I'm looking at the matrix everywhere I go. You know what I mean? It's just like, it's so fake. You know, like, here's the reality. Here's what they want you to be caught up in. And then here's, like, the truth just in the corner somewhere. You know what I mean? So it's like, I don't know how to really explain it, but, you know, it's, it's, it's right in your face. It's hidden in plain sight almost. You know, it's just, I hear it is what we want you to focus on and be, you know, kind of look at that. But then reality, this is kind of what we're focused on. It's, just, it's hard to unsee it after that point. You know I mean? Hard to unsee. And so you know, like you said, you said in that video, you kind of got to know how to dance in and out of that. You know what I mean? Right. Alexi in the zeros and ones now. You're seeing <laughs> the programming in the backdrop. Right. Exactly. <laughs> and I wanted to say, Alexis, like the way you 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 presented your 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 history of like growing up outside of OSU and having this 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 sense, because not everyone has a sense of like the place they grow up. A lot of people grow up and they're like, ah, oh, there's nothing going on here. I just grew up. There's no big deal. But it spoke to you, and there was something inside. I mean, you you said that to us. And then to go through this process, I'm just saying this as a witness for what you shared with us is like you you heard something and then you responded to it. And there's now this communication, like almost regard regardless if you can say like this is what this means. Now there's like a deeper understanding and it's it's a beautiful thing to watch. And I I, I, I greatly appreciate you sharing that. And, and also you will you with with now how you're you're recognizing your own environment is it's it's not what you initially thought. So this was this presentation which you shared with us is even deeper than the information. It's it's deeper than that. So I'm grateful for it. Thank you. Yeah, I'm very grateful as well. You know, really appreciate y'all the time and the uh, energy you put into actually preparing it and then making the time to come and share it live and direct, as opposed to sending it to us and. <laughs> you know, saying, hey, y'all can, uh, you know, work with um, this information and actually come live and direct. We really appreciate that. Thanks for giving us the opportunity. Yes, I. Y'all have any uh, closing words? I just want to say anybody who watch y'all, support y'all, 
I know they probably affected your life or helped you change your life. So don't don't not support. Matter of fact, even I this is what's over here. My, I was gonna do a session with you, bro, but you did uh this is some of the books I done brought. All oh, right. We go. I got my books as well. Those quit really doing the sessions. What happened? Right when I was feeling it internally, like I'm gonna do a session. How about, how about this? I've opened that door up again. If you're interested or anyone All else, right. send me an email and we'll figure that one out. Right. Yes, yeah, sir. People need to support y'all. Oh, I appreciate love that. Yeah. Give thanks. So yeah, this was the first, but it's not going to be the last. So mm-hmm. as y'all go further down the rabbit hole, once you have some more information you want to share, reach out. We'll definitely do this again, okay? All right. So, hey, we're going to close it out by saying uh, from one mystic to another, we salute you and uh, one love.